I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics from personal stories to hot button issues. We cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday. So make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. Sarah Michelle Gellar, Buffy the Vampire. Now the Backstreet Boys are all grown up with their own We stand together, a pop culture academic symposium. So true, so true. We are the pop culture professors. That's right. We're smart people, but you know, we're talking dumb topics, baby. <laughs> that baby is Lauren Brickman. <laughs> and that baby is Caitlin Vitsigay. Oh, wow. A weird one already today, folks. <laughs> you know us. We're your college professors with higher education that are talking to you about dumb stuff. Mm-hmm. And some of you might be my actual literal college students. And if you're choosing to listen to me outside of class, God bless you. God bless you, kids. We spend a lot of time together. So if you're choosing to spend a little extra time with me. I just You're my favorite and let me know. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, it's just like when you'd run into your teacher at the mall back in the day, back when we could leave and also when I was in school. Uh, I used to run into students on public transportation so often in in the pre-pandemic days. Like so often I'd be like on the subway or a bus reading a book and I'd hear a really tentative <laughs> like, hey, professor. And I it was always really terrifying, <laughs> but like also lovely. Oh, uh, th- 
this is only tangentially related, but uh, <laughs> listeners of the podcast that have performed comedy may mm-hmm. have had a uh, rehearsal or practice or two at Champion Studios. Oh, you love it. Where that woman who, you know what, who I'm talking about, the woman that worked <laughs> Some of the saddest times in my life were coaching till 10 p.m. And then that woman and I walked to the path pretending Aww. like we didn't notice each other and then do a half hour train ride. Oh, it's the, it's those moments that you really miss. I would. I'd kill for that now. I'd kind of be damp and avoiding eye contact with the woman who worked at Champions and sold me a fiber one bar 90 minutes earlier. <laughs> well, beyond standing our our memories, mm-hmm. what are you standing this week? Okay. I have done it again. I've watched an entire TV series oh my God. since the last time I talked to you. And this time, I watched the show called Tell Me Your Secrets on Amazon. What is? I'm very excited to tell you because I was, I, I, I had no idea that this was a thing. And then I, I started getting these little commercials on my, on my fire stick for it. And it is a... Lily Rabe, Amy Brennerman star vehicle. And it okay. is all about a woman who was um, co- convicted of helping her serial killer boyfriend commit murders. But, <gasps> then, but the, the series starts with her getting out and of jail and into the witness protection program. And then it is a wild season of trying to figure out what the truth really is. And you think that you're following these like disparate stories, but then they all connect. It's very soapy. Um, Hamish Linkletter plays an insane, Mm. crazy rapist character that is wild. And the acting is so good. The story is bonkers, 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 bananas. And it has a fascinating production history. It was originally um shot back in like 2018 the entire series was shot it was supposed to air on tnt and then after it was finished tnt was just like now we're gonna pass like they shot the entire season and then said nah never mind not for us i didn't know that was a word in tnt's vocabulary (laughs) tnt TNT said nah we got other things going on and so they i can't even (laughs) imagine how much this show cost them and then they were just like no pass and so then it just like was out there finished on a shelf and Amazon was like yeah I guess we'll take it sure if it's just sitting there like why not anyways it is bonkers 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 it's by the people that produce Big Little Lies and The Undoing they produce this wait and and Nicole Kidman plays what uh no Lily Reed isn't instead I'm sorry wait that's so weird no you didn't say that I just assumed that she was involved because those producers I think I think you may have stumbled on why it was silenced I think Nicole shut it down when she found out she wasn't in it (laughs) TNT just assumed they had yeah Yeah. like we're watching the dailies and we don't see Nicole Kidman (laughs) yeah it's very confusing but I (laughs) didn't realize how much I missed Amy Brenneman on my small screen until watching this and I was just like come on Amy be in my life all the time she's so good Anyways, I highly recommend. I watched it all in one night. Um, of course. I'm unwell. I started it quite early in the day, stayed up all night. Um, and I encourage anyone else out there looking to, um, you know, embrace insomnia like a friend to just dig in with me and, and do it themselves. But Caitlin, enough about my TV viewing habits. What are you standing this week? You know, it's funny you mentioned insomnia because mm-hmm. uh, I got a classic Caitlin stan uh, about <laughs> minutiae in my life. Mm hmm. 
Folks, I got a weighted blanket. Woo! And I'm standing it. It weighs 15 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to fold. You get a little exercise every morning when you're trying to put it away. Mm-hmm. Uh, it makes me feel safe. You know, like one of those dogs in those lightning vests. <laughs> I like it. I know it's been a trendy thing and I'm late to it, but I'm here. Okay. Okay. How long have you had it? Just like a week. Wow. You're new to that yes. weighted blanket life. I knew. I have a weighted face mask that I really like oh. that helps me fall asleep. So I ju- it's just that I never I fall asleep in it. And then I it's always fun trying to figure out where it ended up in the middle of the night. But <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm into that. Very cool. Yeah. Well, you know what? We always stand five star reviews. That's right. And yeah. we got a hot one coming in that's titled listen to this show, which, you know, if you're hearing this, you already are. So good job following directions. Yes. Thank you. And you may already know this because it's what brought you to listening to the show. But the review says this show is amazing. I love the theme song, the host and the topics they cover. Wow. Well, thank you all. I'm Marie Allie Marie Brown. That is uh, a lovely thing to say. Yes. And if you want to be famous, Mm-hmm. You can write a five-star review, and we might read it aloud. We might just. We might just. But you know what we are definitely going to do today? I don't know. We're going to hang out with our buddy, Mike Poole. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> we got an incredible comedian today. Mike Poole, welcome to the show. Hey. How's, 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 how's everybody doing? I mean, I'm happy. I'm here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We got no complaints from Mike Poole thus far. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, no, no promises that I won't complain later, but right now, okay. we're starting at a clean slate. Oh, no. We're in a truth zone right now. Well, you know, today we had to talk to Mike Poole about a theme that I can't believe we haven't addressed earlier, honestly. But we know you were the host of Mike Poole's pool party <laughs> at the comedy theater where we all used to um, interact. Uh-huh. And... <laughs> Mm-hmm. So today's theme is parties. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're gonna party with my pool, baby. Uh, and we always like to we always like to kick the show off, putting the listeners at ease with like uh, some of our credentials. Why we think we feel that we have the credits to to sort of lecture on these things. And I have to say, parties are something that I feel very very um, credible in. I have I have been throwing iconic parties since I was a kid. Like my I once threw a sock hop in elementary school where my <laughs> mom let me use her old records to make the invitations it was a big it was a big deal um and you know the the party the party going went all the way up till you know high school or middle school when i uh, i was supposed to have a pool party much like the ones mike used to host at ucb uh but then i broke my leg just days before my party so we had to cancel the pool party and instead we went to the movies and saw jingle all the way starring jonathan taylor thomas um equally as cool in eighth grade but i think the party i'm to date most proud of is i once in grad school threw what was supposed to be a classy easter dinner party that resulted in a couch being thrown off a balcony and frat boys filing an official sound complaint against me <laughs> wow and now that is how you do it. Oh, the tables have turned that is how you do it i love that you identify jingle all the way as a jtt vehicle mm-hmm. now that's not the lead of that movie for everyone but for you it is mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. some people would say 
Wait, am I getting it? No, wait. Is it the wrong movie? Wait, I'll be home for Christmas. That's what it was. Okay. Wow. I got them confused. This is embarrassing. So maybe I actually need to take this class again. Maybe I shouldn't be teaching the party class. I guess you were having too much fun at the party. Yeah. You weren't paying attention to the movie. Actually, I think I was too busy crying in my cast, being (laughs) embarrassed and sad because I had planned and hyped up the coolest party ever. And instead, we were seeing a movie. I cried a lot that day. I infamously cried at almost every birthday party I've ever had. That seems so out of character to me. I've cried. I've done more crying on my birthdays than anything else, but we'll save that for a special birthday trauma episode. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, But Caitlin, what are some of your party party creds? You know what? I'm going to say my party cred was my party going strategy, which... Maybe came off as uncool to many people. But let me tell you, you invite me to a party. Party starts at 6 p.m. Caitlin's waiting in the hallway at 5.58 to knock on your door. I will be there at 6 p.m. And if it's going to question mark, I'm there till question mark. I'm there the whole damn time. And I know that's not cool, but now who's laughing? Who got the most party time with people? It was me. It's Um, true. Yeah, I am almost always first to a party, and it's not because I have anywhere to be later. Where I'm going to be later is your party. (laughs) (laughs) I that's so true. I once had a housewarming party in Woodside, Queens. Caitlin Mm -hmm. famously lives in Jersey City. Caitlin was there at the exact moment the party started, Mm -hmm. and when I opened the door, she had a giant bottle of ranch dressing. Correct. And and she pulled such a Midwest power move. She said, "I just in case you don't have any," and it was truly iconic. And I that's right. You have to come and you have to take over early. Yeah. You, you can't let someone else set the tone. Be, yeah. be careful, folks. Yeah. It's weird. Caitlin and Eric now own that apartment in Woodside, even though yeah, I we don't kicked live you there. out. Yeah. We evicted you. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> the party's still happening. Yeah, the party's still <laughs> going still- on. Yeah, I'm here. <laughs> but Mike, obviously you were the host of Mike Pool's pool party, but what are some of your party credentials? Okay, so uh the fun thing about my party credentials is it's mostly just because uh so I don't drink. Uh I've been sober my entire life. So for every party I've been to, I see everything, I remember everything, <laughs> and I am always present. But that being <laughs> but that being said, I'm still the guy who, when everyone wakes up the next morning, they're like, "Ooh, wow, Mike must have had a rough one. He slept on the pool table. (laughs) And it's like, no, he decided to do that sober. (laughs) It's like, that's a choice. mm -hmm. It's like, oh, no, he fully had every all his wits were about him. And then he still said, you know, it would be fun sleeping on top the pool table. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Now, Is it just because you were like, this is going to be funny later or or what is the instinct there? What's the driving force behind a choice like that? (laughs) Maybe you should drink. Maybe you should start being logical. If you drink, you would just be safely in your bed. I will say uh, so this this particular party where I slept on top of the pool table was in high school. (laughs) My reasoning for that was, well, last time I slept under the pool table. (laughs) (laughs) so i was just trying it just trying it i love that i love that honestly i love it i'm just trying it out you're just looking for different experiences and that really speaks to me i think this i feel like we're in great hands today with this topic i mean i think so a person who soberly decides to sleep on a pool table because why not that's a person i want to go to a party with absolutely absolutely so let's get into a game since we're already having fun all right Mike, this game is called Party Over Where? 
The best movies revolve around big parties. We're going to describe the party in the movie and you're going to tell us the movie. Do you feel ready? I mean, I don't got time to wait lift and prepare for this, so I'm as ready as I will be. <laughs> um, I think my, okay. my I think I have the experience and the in the know-how to really carry me through this challenge. Uh, and I'm a competitor, so I'm here. Okay. Uh, right. Excellent. We love that. <laughs> the first of a trilogy about a hip-hop duo who throw big parties. The first one takes place when Pop is out of town. Yeah. It's house party. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. I like that you agree. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. Like, yes. The thing is, I know I'm right, and you agree that I'm right. It's like, yeah, it's like, yeah. That, one's, that one's easy. Like, I got it. Yeah, that, that would really throw me off if you just started answering these questions as yes or no questions. <laughs> it's like, yes. I think like one, <laughs> but I'm not sure. You describe a party, and I just go, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> oh, I guess that's right. I don't know. All right, one for one. Graduation party where the protagonist finds out he's being cheated on is the catalyst for this travel movie. Oh, oh, this is uh this is Euro Trip. Yes! Scotty doesn't know. Don't tell Scotty. Scotty doesn't know. Okay, so my uh so I come my family is very religious. I come from a line of like reverends and pastors, and like my dad was a reverend. He did other things too. The movies he would like or the moments he would remember would always be like, this is yours. He loved that song. (laughs) (laughs) Reverend Poole thought it was the funniest thing that Matt Damon's going, Scotty doesn't know. Don't tell Scotty. I'm kissing his girlfriend. Oh, we in the bushes. (laughs) And I'm just like, Reverend Poole, stop. (laughs) I love that so much. I also have to say, like, Euro Trip is not like, if you were to like catalog my like sense of humor, it has always felt like a weird one for me, but I love Euro Trip so much. I deeply, deeply yeah. love it. And I I rewatched it knowing we were gonna talk about this today. And I still love it. Like right now. I love it. I remember the first time I even saw it was at uh my boy Kyle Winkler's house. He still had the bunk beds going. Shout out Kyle. Shout out Wink. <laughs> But then it's like we I had I had to watch it at his house because it was like there's like slight nudity in the movie. So like would never be able to watch it at my house. So then later in life when my dad's like, Scott, it doesn't know, I'm like, oh, so you seen the nudity. Oh, so you oh so you know. Okay. Huh. I thought we were all gonna turn it off when we saw the slight nudity. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> okay, Dad. Uh but that song is really, really catchy. It should be released as a single. All right, next one. There's some editorializing in this clue. (laughs) An absolutely psychotic adaptation of a Broadway show focusing on a young lesbian's fight to bring her girlfriend to prom. Name that movie. Prom? The prom? The prom! (laughs) (laughs) The the prom? The prom. You almost got me on that one because I was like, there's no way. This is a trap. Like, this is a trap. This has to be a trap. It's not the prom. It can't be the prom. (laughs) <laughs> it, can. it is Brickman and I watched it together on zoom and uh it's good to have a friend there when yep. you, if anyone hasn't watched it don't watch it alone you'll, you'll be you'll be so scared it was it was delightful to watch that both of us for most of the movie our faces were just contorted in a just a huge huge painful question mark yeah um, it was our twitter header for a while yeah the, the <laughs> just uh. absolute insanity great Three for three. I can't believe this. All right. 
A mysterious vet tech buys alcohol for teens on the condition they let her party with them. Oh. That's <laughs> alcohol for teens. Oh, man. I don't. I'm trying to think. Who, who buys alcohol for the teens? Um, let me see. I mean, I know they were trying to get alcohol in super bad, but it's not super bad. Uh, I know it's not a uh, female super bad book smart. Uh, nope. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I, is this what? Uh, here's a, here's a hint. It is not a comedy. It's not a comedy. Genre shift. Genre it's a shift. genre shift. We're shifting on oh, you. man. But partying is integral to this film. Partying is mm-hmm. integral. Is it Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist? <laughs> <laughs> Lovable, yes. Nailed it. Nailed it. I nailed it. I nailed it. I agree. I nailed it. (laughs) Uh, Oh, okay. Wait, you got it right. No, it was Ma. Oh, Ma. Oh, yeah. Oh, I actually, like, I didn't see this one. I, like, this is one of those movies where, like, I had AMC Pass, and I was like, oh, I'll watch Ma. But because it was so accessible to watch, I would just be like, well, I can see it later. And I would just cancel my reservation and sleep in that morning or just like have it and just be like, well, I can make other plans. I can see it whenever. And then, you know, life sneaks up on you. You haven't seen Ma. And now it's a pandemic and I'll never be able to see Ma in theaters the way (laughs) the masters wanted me to see it. Okay, I know the artisans (laughs) who made the movie Ma wanted it to be viewed in Dolby surround sound. And I, Michael H. Poole, second of his name, will never (laughs) be able to see it the way they intended. <laughs> wow, wow, wow. 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 I mean, it's pretty fun. It's a regret. And uh the f- the subplot that she is a veterinarian technician under Allison Janey's vet, that should be its own prequel movie <laughs> where we just see a work, maybe actually a sitcom. I was yeah. going to say I think it's 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 an I, I would watch that series. It's it, that B plot was wild. This is what I want a cinematic universe of. It's like Marvel, I get mm. it. You have capes. Star Wars, you have light swords. But what is Ma doing? Okay, <laughs> this this is the cinematic universe I want. <laughs> the expanded universe. What what is Alice and Janie? What's she getting up to? Mm-hmm. So you got three for four. We're coming up. The last one's a hard one. Uh, okay. All right. The Texas A and M Aggies get to celebrate their victory at a brothel owned by the world's biggest country star. I can't believe every part of that is accurate, but it is. To see it spelled out that way is really something. World's else. biggest country star. It's like, okay, who yeah. who is that? Is it Taylor Swift? She's more pop country. You know, she's more pop. What is it? So it's not her. Okay. Mm-hmm. And also the only movie she's been in, to my knowledge, is what? Valentine's Day? The vehicle One for everyone? Those, yeah. <laughs> uh, it, was, it was specifically that one. Both the Taylors were in it. So it's not her. It's not, uh, it's not Tim McGraw. It's not Kenny Chesney. Um, it's not... Uh, I would think it would be Dolly Parton. Okay. Who's bigger? Okay. Who's okay. bigger? Right. Well, you're on to something there saying Dolly's name. Okay. And also Texas A&M. Okay. So mm-hmm. a, a Texas A&M victory. Okay. Okay. So I forget what school drumline takes place at, but this is what I think <laughs> of. For some reason, this is what I think of. And then I'm like, there's no way Nick Cannon is partying at a country star's house after he like blasts a drumline beat. Oh my God. But I wish that I had been this plot. Of this. I wish. That's the one flaw of Drumline that doesn't. It's just like, that. just like all the way to Dolly Parton's house. <laughs> Dolly Land. <laughs> oh my God. The fact that we live in a world where we haven't seen a Nick and Dolly collaboration <laughs> is. Nick and Dolly's Infinite Playlist. <laughs> Nick and Dolly's Infinite Playlist starring Christina Milian. <laughs> 
Meleon. I will say this. You, you're you onto something with the dolly, but you, you're you not going far enough back in time. It's an older film. This is this is the last one. So we, it's a challenge. So there's some movies I just haven't seen. That's weird. So movies I haven't, so like I haven't, um, I haven't seen every Revenge of the Nerds because those nerds are actually really mean and bad. <laughs> um, yes, yes. They're not. They're not. Good. They're not good. Yeah, part of the revenge is rape. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not like good. they're not. I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't feel safe. I also have not seen Animal House, and part of me is like, I think that's like a frat. I don't think they won anything, but also I feel like every movie at that time ended in a competition. Like everything was like, right. our camp has to face your camp, or our frat and your frat, or just like you know what, our Girl Scout troop. It's going to do a competition in the woods against all the other Girl Scout troops. And honestly, that was a yes. great movie and we should all watch. Of course. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So honestly, I'm just going to say it's Animal House. Wow. I I love the work that you showed. Yeah, you really did a good job. But it is a movie called Best Little Whorehouse in Texas. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, to me, this sounds so... It sounds so unbelievable that this is a movie that it has to be real. It stars Dolly Parton as a brothel <laughs> owner. It stars Burt Reynolds as is he in like law enforcement? Law yeah, I think he's like yeah, a sheriff. Yes. And what the scene that I'm describing is one of the craziest things on film. There's a within this movie, there is a world where Texas and Texas AM play football every year, and the winner, the team, the young men who play college football, go to the brothel and uh, party and have sex with the prostitutes there. The scene where the the team is getting ready to go to this party, despite being a football team getting ready to go have sex with women, is the gayest thing ever, yeah, ever of course, filmed. Of course it is. It's like gorgeous. They, it, it is definitely choreographed by a, a gay man danced in, exclusively by gay men. It's wonderful. And should it's, be celebrated. I love it. It's so good. So the wildest thing is like, after I said Dolly Parton and you guys said, go further, in my head, I immediately thought Burt Reynolds. And then I was like, he doesn't make country <gasps> music. Like, he doesn't make country music. But he was there. He yeah. is just an actor. And I'm like, that's stupid, Michael. There's no way. And even if I had said Burt Reynolds, I would have never said the little whorehouse. It sounds like the the like the one Barbie dream house you don't get your child. It's like, no, absolutely not. <laughs> um, I believe in body positivity, but like my child doesn't need this right now. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right, 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 right. right. Um, wow. Well, Mike, I think you did an incredible you did job. Amazing. You you got you, as far as I'm concerned, you passed this class with flying colors. Congratulations. Thank you, thank you, thank you, yes, thank you, absolutely. Uh, I think on that note, we just gotta take a, a quick break and see if we can get Nick Cannon and Dom yeah. working. I'm gonna hide. Get your electrolytes, people. Um after a workout, chocolate milk is great because it has a lot of those nutrients and sugars that you really need. Um, a Gatorade is also good, but also, you know, sometimes a good banana is great for everything. Peanut butter, you know, go for it. Wow. Awesome. I'm going to go blend a chocolate milk, a Gatorade and a banana, and I'll be right back. Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. Get 15% back at hundreds of stores, and it's all happening this week, May 6th to May 13th. It's the perfect time to shop for everything on your list for spring and summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. I know I'm using this week to stock up on some warmer weather essentials at Ray-Ban and Ulta, and I love that Rakuten even helps me save on travel at sites like Hotels.com. Rakuten really is the best way to shop, and you can save even more by stacking cash back on top of deals. Plus, 
During Big Give Week, that cash back is bigger than ever. With Rakuten, membership is free. And when you sign up and shop today, you get an extra 10% cash back boost. That's an extra 10% cash back on top of the 15% cash back. You won't see higher cash back rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. Are you thinking about getting into Dungeons & Dragons? Maybe you're looking to expand your horizons as a DM or a player. If that's the case, then it's time for you to check out The Dungeon Cast, the best D&D podcast out there that helps you passively learn all about the game just by listening. Find The Dungeon Cast anywhere you get podcasts or on YouTube. All right. Well, we are back. We're hydrated. And it's a good thing that we hydrated because we're going to need that hydration to get through Caitlin's thesis today because Caitlin mm-hmm. has a thesis today that yeah. is for the ages. It's 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 an epic one. So I'm going okay. to let her take over. All right. Mike. I mean, it might be epic, but it is simple. It is that when it comes to parties that have been represented in film, there's there's a gaping hole. And it's that we need a narrative movie about Firefest. We need a movie about Firefest. If you don't remember Firefest, uh it was in early 2017, it was uh basically a disaster and very dangerous festival in the Bahamas. It was promoted by influencers like Kendall Jenner and Bella Hadid who it's kind of unclear whether they ever intended to go to this actually, but they didn't go. It was headlined by Ja Rule, which is the one thing I keep getting fixated on. Uh <laughs> it was the subject of two different documentaries that were released in 20 20- 19, one on Hulu and one on Netflix. Um, there has actually been a narrative film that's announced, but it doesn't seem like, I don't know, anyone's feels like it, it, it got like stuck in the pipeline somewhere. I think so. So we need to write it today. <laughs> um, so it, it, that's basically my thesis. I think there's just so many weird things about this movie that we need to see it come to life. But here's the problem. Sometimes when there's too many weird truths, it's hard to know how to fictionalize it. So I, I'm I have one kind of bigger theory at the end, but let's let's walk through it. Like what genre of movie would we want to see this be? Like let's start there. Okay. Uh I want it I want I want this to be like a horror movie. Yeah. Yeah. I want it to be a horror movie. Um uh-huh. I, of course uh-huh. we have to actually get the real job rule in it. We have to get Ashanti in it not playing Ashanti. We need Christina Milian, not play Christina but Milian. Scenes, but they have scenes, <laughs> they have together. scenes together. And we need Nick Cannon with his drums in the movie. Okay. <laughs> I think that that, now who is our, this is the challenge to me. And I love the idea of it being a horror movie and scary, but who is the protagonist? Like, who are we seeing this film through? Because I don't think we want to see it through Billy McFarland, who's sort no. of the uh, head con artist i have a theory and i've always and i've said this since i saw the first documentary but in both documentaries there were like um like basically like pa characters right like people that were like early career just Uh, like just like a step above an intern and i feel like we need to have a protagonist who represents all of those young folks that were sort of duped and who like several times like asked questions and were like ignored by their 
superiors. Right. And I feel like that's someone you can root for, right? Because it's like someone's just starting out. They're like young. They're like trying to get started. So you like you kind of give them the benefit of the doubt for not knowing better or for going along with it a little bit. Right. Or it's, you know, they feel like it's their big break. Yes. And um, I love that. So we have a PA who's going to be a fictionalized version of all the real PAs. This does sound like one of those like uh, like conspiracy theories where people, theory films where people are like, I got to uncover the truth. There's something here. And it's just like, <laughs> in turn, like, I think there's something, but I don't know. And everybody, the truth is out there. <laughs> the scoring could be so important because like yeah like she asked the question like wait where are we getting the food and it's like, <laughs> like, just like these- and it feels like it could be a little bit almost like um energy of like a lovecraft country where it's like there are oh, literal okay. monsters but like also those literal monsters are just representing like you know horrible systemic issues like the greed and 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 all that stuff i love the pa idea because that makes everything that he or she has to face like a challenge including the festival goers who you know we all kind of like laughed at because they had a lot of money to throw away on a Ja Rule concert but at the same time it looked horrible I feel bad for them at the same time I love the idea of like in a trailer like there's just a short scene of like a festival going going yo so like where's the fireball and they're like oh well it'll be coming through and he's like cool 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 also where's the water (laughs) (laughs) it's like and that was the first time I thought where is the water there's just papers everywhere on a beach just like where ah, where is the water oh my god where is the shelter okay i'm doing the numbers and it doesn't add up but they're all the shots are outside on a beach (laughs) this is amazing all right so who we need to talk cast so we we have a sense uh, like we have this pa character but then we have to have billy mcfarland who you know, people have a lot of different takes on him uh, and what actor we cast is really going to it's going to determine sort of, you know, is he uh, some sort of like con artist savant? Is he sort of a simpleton liar? Is he you know, who who is Billy McFarlane to you as far as who we need to play him? I think that the only actor in city and insidious enough to pull it off is Seth McFarland. <laughs> <laughs> I will. <laughs> No, because he'll have to do so many voices. Like, he'll never be able to talk him out of doing these voices. I think that's why we hire him. <laughs> I, would, I would love to see Seth MacFarlane go, all right, now, now, okay, Ja Rule, Ja Rule, okay. <laughs> Listen, I know you want to do your music, but I think we're going to get Skrillex. Ja Rule. <laughs> yes, 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 Ja Rule, Ja Rule. What are we going to do, Ja Rule? Ja Rule. <laughs> He will make the set of this feature film so uncomfortable that the other actors will just be method. Everybody has to, yeah, everybody's method. Everybody's method because we're all actually in a horror film while making a horror film. Oh my God. I don't know about this pick, but you guys are convincing me. I want, okay, because here's the thing also. I have not backed down from, I still want Ashanti and Nick Cannon and Christina Milian in this movie. Just playing characters. And I want to see Seth MacFarlane in a meeting with Ashanti. And Ashanti's playing it straight. (laughs) Like, Ashanti's just playing it straight. Like, what do you mean, Seth? And he's like... (laughs) Buy Ted 2 on DVD. (laughs) I feel like either Ashanti has seen every family guy or has never heard of it. It's one or the other. It's one or the other. Yeah. (laughs) I feel that. Like, she's either obsessive 
or it's just not familiar. <laughs> or it's just like, oh, is that like a sequel to Family Matters? <laughs> she like, thinks she's is... meeting with Urkel. She's like, oh, Urkel's gonna, that's awesome. She's like, oh yeah, um, I'll do it. I can't work to work with J- Jaleel White. He's a hero of mine. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Jerule, we have decided will be played by Jerule. We've already made this determination. And I, I was going to suggest that as well, honestly. So, <laughs> But like, do you guys not find that part odd? Like that part always stuck in my brain that he was the headliner. And like, like he's had a lot of huge hits. Well, that's why I think it, I think that's where like where Billy McFarland does seem like a little bit of like an evil genius because it's like, oh, Jerule is exactly the level of famous and successful to to like convinced to do something like this because like he's not really headliner level anymore, but he believes he is right. And I guess he was like producing, and he is very yeah. rich. Mm-hmm. He's like so rich. rich oh yeah, he's mm-hmm. so rich. And people do like Jeru. Like a Jeru song comes yeah. on, I will sure. shake my ass. Like you gotta. Like it's good. He's just not like top of mind, you know. Like, and I think like he does like. There's a certain like nostalgia factor when you see Ja Rule headlining. I don't know. I think it's, it's kind of brilliant. It's just I see him mostly in like on like features or like in a du- in a duet. Like to think of Ja Rule performing by himself makes no sense to me. Yeah. But we never saw it, so we don't have to worry about it. Here's the thing: Ja Rule is perfect. I don't get starstruck by people often. I mean, I work like I work entertainment, but like I did see Ja Rule in New York once while walking to a Dwayne Reed. He was just in an empty parking lot, sitting on his car with the suicide doors <gasps> up. Oh while I was going to get toothpaste, I was going to get toothpaste because this night I was sleeping in my office because I had too much work to do. <laughs> so I went to a Dwayne Reed, and on the way there, I'm like walking, and my head turns, and I go, I just mouth Ja Rule. <laughs> wow. I love that. Okay, so to rule is to rule. Now we need influencers. Now we can kind of pick and choose who we want to be in the film if we want them to be the real influencers or if we want to fictionalize them. You know, it was in real life Kendall Jenner, Bella Hadid. I think in the film version, Chrissy Teigen would be so much more fun to see. Like, she's going to get the jokes better than Kendall will. Oh, I don't think they should be played by the real ones at all. Yeah. But what I mean is, are they going to. We could have an actress play Kendall Jenner or we could have it be a fictionalized, you know, influencer mm, or mm. a different real influencer, as you're suggesting. But no, it should not be Kendall Jenner and Bella Hadid. Yeah. This much we know. Yeah. Because everything Kendall Jenner is involved with is canceled and we're trying to mm-hmm. make this movie. We're trying to make this movie. We're trying to make this movie. I don't know. I have strong feelings that I want to cast Chrissy Teigen in this world, in this, in one of these positions. But like as Chrissy Teigen. Yeah. Because I just feel like she'll get the joke and like it'll land and like, I don't know. I feel like she's. She won't get us canceled and, in fact, might help us make sure we actually get made and not shoved. Mm-hmm. There's just something okay. about her. I don't know. I'm All right. Big... We can have others. We can have more. Who else? Maybe a male. Maybe, like, Frankie Jonas would be fun. He will get us canceled. I think he's in the process what? of getting himself canceled. Oh, I'm not up to date on, on FJ. Yeah, I think he's he's having a moment. We're going to – I I have to do some more uh, research on that one. You know, Lucy Hale could play a fictionalized version of Kendall Jenner. Right, yeah. right. I like that. I like that. Having those actress girls would actually, I think they would really like it. Like, oh, uh, and Lily Reinhardt from Riverdale. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. those girls would really like to play the influencers because mm-hmm. they probably have a little chip on their shoulder about those women existing at all, <laughs> taking away some of their makeup and fashion ambassador opportunities. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I like that. 
Just yeah. like okay. have have like a secret enemy of that person play them. Yes. yes. Secret yeah. enemy. Secret enemy. Great. Um, now here's an opportunity we could involve. We could have someone play um, like Pablo Escobar or a like figure. Because if you remember, he reportedly owned the island. That was like one of the sexy things about it. While he was not involved with the story in any way, could have someone play a drug trafficker that comes back. That could be another horror uh, element. Who would be a good casting choice to bring Pablo to life? It doesn't have to be him. You know, it could be like, honestly, this is the wildest choice, but like not him, but like a Brad Pitt in a cameo role, like as a sexy, like <laughs> evil man. And he just like, He's in like one scene and he's like, I got to get out of here. Some like sort of like, you know, dialogue. This does feel like a prime project for Keanu Reeves. He loves. Oh, wow. Keanu loves a like cameo moment. He loves it. He loves I'm fully it. on board with Keanu Reeves. And if we can't get Keanu Reeves, I do want to get like the person from Narcos who played Pablo Escobar. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just- just like run it back, my man. You know, you you. I bet you still got some of the makeup. I like you. You don't need to do any preparation. It's like, come on, you know what? You're it would doing. be funny if Keanu played this role, like a fictional role, but then he also played an influencer as Keanu Reeves <laughs> earlier in the film. <laughs> he would love that. He would think it's so funny. All right, so we have the. I think. I think the most important role, a heart of of this film, will be the person who plays Andy King, aka the Avion guy. The uh, right-hand man, if you will, to Billy McFarlane, who was willing uh, to perform sexual acts for water. Didn't come to that, but <laughs> he was willing to do it. We need this person, uh, I think, to be sympathetic, but ultimately a weirdo who, who does make you a little uncomfortable. <laughs> I, have, I, have a, I have a pick for this one. Great, I think um, an actor who was recently not uh, given their due because their role in the stage production of The Prom was recast. I believe uh, Christopher Siebert would be so good. Okay. Uh, Christopher Siebert is a big Broadway actor, but he was also on that short-lived Olsen's Twins uh, sitcom. Uh, two wow. of a, I think it was Two of a Kind. Uh, Christopher Siebert, for me, would be excellent in this role. Don't get mad at me, but... Okay. That made me think of something else. No promises. Okay. Nope. I'm not. I'm not making any deals. <laughs> what about Christian Borel, Tom from Smash? <laughs> I think that for me, and I am would... apologizing for bringing up Smash. No, it's you never have to apologize. It's 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 your truth. I think Christian would be too unlikable. I don't think he will be likable enough. That's I my just, take. I think I think you're thinking about Christian and you're not thinking about Tom. And like Tom. I did not find Tom likable. You didn't you did have to rewatch. You have to rewatch. It's <laughs> Tom is Tom is wonderful. Tom is the heart of the show. Okay. But uh, I do think we're on the same page. It needs to be a theater actor, someone not just one last thing I'll say in Christopher Sieber's defense is he did pull off Lord Farquaad in Shrek musical on Broadway. <laughs> and it's just like if you can pull off Lord so Farquaad. We, we owe him one as a people. I just think, like, well, I just think he brought that evil character to life in a really lovable way. So I think that's his thing. All right. Okay. Mike, any picks for Andy King, the Avion guy? Like, uh, Mike, I'm racking my brain and I'm like, who, who's a Broadway actor? Who is somebody who's, like, good, but also somebody who, like, I don't know, maybe, uh, maybe, like, a younger person or maybe somebody who can, like, pull off sympathetic. And the thing is, I don't fully know. 
like what what I'm like, mm, what could it be? What would I want? But I do know that uh, when I think of somebody sympathetic and somebody young, for some reason, I think of Jojo from Suzical the Musical. So why not bring back maybe an actor who hasn't done a lot, maybe a child actor who was good before. Maybe we why? get the original actor of Jojo from Suzical the Musical, who I just why? looked up and I think his name is Anthony Blair Hall. Do I know what he looks like? No, he has no image because the last time he acted was probably 2002. <laughs> I like what you're saying, though. It's, it's someone that I like where you're at. You have a memory of. You're not sure where. There's nostalgia mm-hmm. there, but you can't even place it. Mm. So you are rooting for him. I've heard that voice. Wow. I heard that voice okay. singing about Miguelia's pool. Alternatively, the last thought I just had when you were saying that, Mike, is you redirected my brain and made me wonder, should Lance Bass play this part? Absolutely. Wow. I mean, it's going to take a lot from him, but it might be in there. It might mm-hmm. be in there. Just a thought. Just a thought. It's not the moon, but he does want to go places, you know? So why Thank not? You. Why not fire effect? So just final question, final question, and thank you for, for writing and casting this with me. Um, any any surprises you want to see? Anything in the movie that, that maybe wasn't true to life, but that you would want to see in the film? Immediately, I thought, at one point, I want Ja Rule to take off a mask, and it's not Ja Rule, it's DMX. <laughs> <gasps> wow, well, I love that. <laughs> and then it's the last thing, it's the last thing we see, and then we hear, What's love? Play us out. <laughs> has nothing to do with anything. Insinuating that Ja Rule has always been DMX. Okay. <laughs> I, I would love for the reveal at the very end to be that it was um, the whole thing was actually like a game for the ultra wealthy to play. And that like actually like I'm trying to think like who's powerful enough, but it's like Beyonce and Dre and like, I don't know, a couple other handful of people, maybe Britney, because Britney's got enough money. But there's this like conglomerate of celebrities that are just so powerful, so rich and have so much that the only way they can feel joy is to like fuck with like lower tier celebrities. And this was all some like elaborate plan where they're all just like, <laughs> like they're all watching it on TV being like delighted by the chaos they've wreaked. I don't know. But you said that, and then I thought, Lance Bass. <laughs> like, what if what if Lance Bass is like, <laughs> I'm genius. <laughs> it's just like, everybody's like, Lance Bass. <laughs> okay. I, I like where you're going, because I had a similar thought, which was that um, I feel like it does need a twist ending. Mm-hmm. And I was very inspired by Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, the most recent Quentin Tarantino film. And I would love if there was something where, and I like this horror thing, our protagonist maybe has been in a competition unbeknownst to her. And <gasps> like, oh yeah. no, you, were, you won and you were safe the whole time. None of this happened. Were you crazy? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> like literally everyone was in on it except for her. And yeah, maybe... I would love to see somehow Britney was pulling the strings. This is where we get we get Brad Pitt here. It's like Brad Pitt and Britney just like, come on, you've won. And it's like, I've won what? Come on, get in the helicopter. <laughs> and she's safe. Like everyone that she thought was like desperate for water is like healthy and like yeah. fine. Oh my God. You know who would be so funny and I can is like, it's like. At the end of the movie, when you when she thinks she's really gonna die, a helicopter comes down and like Ryan Reynolds is just clapping, <laughs> uh, and Blake Lively's like, "I tried to stop him. <laughs> like, I told him it oh, wasn't yeah. funny." 
Like, I don't She's know. Like, well, wow. well, freaking done. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. All right. Guys, thank you so much for going on that journey with me. I'm so glad we have that movie written now. Yeah, I can't wait. Well, you know, I'm excited because, Mike, not only do we have the Firefest movie written, but I'm about to give you the news of a lifetime. Mike, it turns out that there were big network executives at your last uh, show, Mike Pool's Pool Party, and (laughs) they came to us here at We Stand to say that you've been given the green light for a new unscripted series called Invite Only with Mike Pool, where each week you're going to get to co-host a party with an iconic celebrity guest, and you can invite five other celebrities of your choice. They're all available. No one can say no to you. So today we're going to plan the pilot episode of your party, Invite Only with Mike Pool. And so we're going to need from you, what kind of party are we throwing? A theme for the party? What celebrity are you co-hosting with? Who's on your celebrity guest list? And then finally, we'll get to the logline. So let's start with the type. What kind of party? Your first episode of your your unscripted series. What kind of party are you going to throw? Uh, well, first off, one thing to know about me is I love chaos. Yeah. I love uh, I love panic, and I love people going, "What's happening?" <laughs> so I need it to be a setting where, like, I can make it seem very normal and just have everybody inside go, "What am I doing?" While they're there, <laughs> um, I like discomfort. <laughs> um, right. So I do like I want to set up. I mean, me, I don't want it to be, I don't want it to be like water. I don't want it to be a pool because I think people get very self-conscious about bathing suits and how they look. Mm -hmm. So like I want people, I want it to be like, maybe it's like a round table. Like maybe it's a round table. There's like lots of treats that like are unhealthy to have in the middle of the table, but they look really good. So everybody would want to grab one because they're nervous, but they know they can't. Oh, And just like very, very comfy chairs, like the kind of chairs you would sleep in, but you also know that you can't. Okay. okay. Because we're filming, oh, okay. uh, and we will be filming for a while. <laughs> I love this. So it sounds like it sounds like the theme of this party is like comfortable discomfort. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Okay. I love this. Absolutely, Great. absolutely. Who's your co-host? You get a celebrity co-host. Uh, definitely, Lil John. Okay. Hundred percent, hundred percent, Lil John. Because I would like, I would like to say something completely normal. Like if I'm talking to a bunch of actors, just like, yeah. So like, what is your? So what? What would you say is the inspiration you take when you're taking on like a role of somebody who like is like it's a biopic and it is like an iconic person? Like, what is your inspiration? And then, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So then, who are the five celebrities you're inviting to you and Little John's party? Oh. Um, <laughs> So um, I need a mixture of like lower tier celebrities and mm-hmm. just the most famous because I need everybody to not know why they're there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Keep them guessing. Keep them guessing. So right. like, so like I do, I need Beyonce, but I also do need Jay Burrishell. <laughs> okay. <laughs> because cause why would either of them be in the same place <laughs> talking about the same thing? But then I also do need, like, I need somebody who is a sir. Mm-hmm. So maybe, like, Sir Ian McKellen or, like... Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> like this I is do... throwing people off. Like, those three alone, like, they'll look at each other and be like, who... Like, I, Jay Burchell might be unknown to the other two, but, like, the way he looks, <laughs> they're going to be like, is he, like, an Oscar winner? Like, who no. is this? 
All right, you got you got you've got two slots left. Two slots left. Okay, so I need somebody I need somebody who's just happy to be here. Like I need somebody who's like maybe this is their first acting role. They're not going to ask questions. They're just happy that they're included. So, uh, a recent thing I watched was Fate the Wink Saga on Netflix. <gasps> oh yeah. I loved that. Mm. I'm trying to think of who would be the best girl to pick from like the five or six of them. The the botanist, I feel like, yeah, would be I so need, surprised. I need the botanist just to be like, oh, well, I, I mean, I guess I was on a Netflix show, so I guess I'm an actress. I guess, I guess I can. <laughs> <laughs> like, wow, iconic. All right, you got one slot left. I want this next one to be a rapper. I want it to be a okay. rapper. But also, like, one that would be like, ooh, Little John, but also one who wouldn't already know Little John. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. It's a mix. This is everybody who's in the room. I'm going to go with uh, Little Baby. Like, not Da Baby. Uh-huh. I want Little Baby. <laughs> I want uh-huh. Little Baby. Because uh-huh. Little Baby is very just like, like, he'll talk, but he doesn't feel overly comfortable with the talking. But he's also just like, he seems like a very responsible person. And, like, a very cautious person. So I want him the whole time to be like, why am I here? What if it turns out Sir Ian McKellen is, like, the biggest little baby fan? Oh, my God. Starstruck. And, like, the surprise of all of them coming together would be the the funniest thing for me. I love that so much. And don't forget the the candy. The candy. And the the candy's there. (laughs) And Little John's in the corner. But, like, we're only talking about serious acting. I love this. So what's the log line for this episode? Uh, the log line for this episode will be uh, foreign policy in the age of Jimmy Carter. <laughs> incredible. Incredible. And then the last question I have is, are Caitlin and I invited? And if so, what's our place at the party? Um, you both are <laughs> definitely invited. Um, uh, you can pick amongst your, yourself, but one of you will be uh and like this isn't like i'm not putting you to work i think this is very funny and i think you'd be no good it's at fine it. mm-hmm. i want one of you to be the person who has to like continue because this is going on for a while i want the person to fill the drinks okay but like oh, yeah, i, yeah, yeah, I yeah, yeah. want you to overspill a little bit okay <laughs> like I, w- I want you to like after beyonce says thank you i want you to go a little bit longer okay, okay. right <laughs> right like we don't understand cues we don't get cues to stop. And then I want another person to uh, just come in and just whisper in my ear and leave. But like in a kind of in a worried, like something's going wrong way. <laughs> uh, I feel like Brickman's a better actor and I'm a worse waitress. So I feel like we have the roles <laughs> clearly defined. I think, I think Brickman will really sell. The, the confusion and terror. Of- oh, I will be confused and terrorized on this set. <laughs> so I can promise. Just come into my ear and go, he's drowning now, sir. And then just leave. <laughs> he's and drowning. Just like, who's, this is a TV show. Who's drowning? <laughs> Why do I need to know? Oh my gosh. Just be like, they, they have escaped. <laughs> um, we can't stop the bleeding. Sir, we're no longer, we're no longer in Burbank. Helen <laughs> hasn't shown up yet. We think he might be dead. Wow. Well, I'm excited that this show has been greenlit and it got picked up by the new uh, Paramount Plus. How oh, great. Nobody's going to regret this. <laughs> no, there's no regrets possible. Uh, well, we're going to go uh, get fitted for our waiting costumes so that we can be, you know, the best skater waiters ever. And we'll be right back. Together. 
All right. Well, Caitlin, you look very dapper in your cater waiter gear. I think Thank that you. this show's going to make it. I mean, ready I- to spill. <laughs> it's cool because your shirt says ready to spill. I think that was mm-hmm. a good choice, Mike. Uh, awesome. Well, we have just one more topic to delve into with you today, Mike. And it's a thesis that I, 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 I'm excited to present because it's something I think about a lot. And when, when Caitlin and I decided we were going to talk about parties today, I was like, well, we can't not talk about the film Can't Hardly Wait. Right. Iconic Mm -hmm. film Mm -hmm. from 1998. Uh, If you don't remember it, it was a movie that takes place on graduation night. And Ethan Embry is trying to confess his love to Jennifer Love Hewitt. And it's a it's a fun cast of characters. We got a lot of big stars early in their career. You got like uh, Breck and Meyer and Donald Faison and, (laughs) you know, Seth Green. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. I'm a big Seth Green stan. So, you know, this movie left a mark on me. And he happened to be playing opposite Lauren Ambrose, who I think is the epitome of cool. Or I did as a teen. I think she's still cool. But, like, you know, there was something as a kid that was just so special. But anyways, I think that I and I rewatched this movie last night in preparation for today to make sure that I could stand behind what I'm about to say. And I do. I think it's a near perfect piece of party culture like i don't think there's a better film that captures like a what it like kind of does feel like to be at a big chaotic group party but also like it's also romantic right like it feels both somehow aspirational and truthful and i love that about it and it worked Equally, I think, as well as a film as it did as a book, because in 1998, they they anticipate I and this is something I learned last night Googling. So I remember reading the book because I loved the movie so much. And I was such a I was a big reader as a kid. And I remember reading the book and I used to think that the book came first. But it seems like from what I Googled from my research that actually they anticipated the movie being such a hit that it actually was sort of done at the same time, like almost as part of like the marketing for the movie. They had like a, Mm -hmm. but what's fascinating about the book is that the book um, goes into more in depth with some of the like more secondary or tertiary characters. So like, for instance, the girl who hosts the party is a much, much bigger character in the book. And Mm -hmm. I, I haven't read this book in probably 20 years, maybe longer, but I can tell you that my favorite part about the book was that there were footnotes because she gets progressively drunker and they start having to translate what she's saying at the bottom of the... That's funny. It was very funny. That's great. And so all of this is to say that like, it was such a, it's such a good movie. It's such a good book. I think it's time to complete the dynasty and destiny of this property. And I think that we need it to be turned into a television series. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then ultimately a Broadway musical. But. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, as one but, does. Mm-hmm, you know, I look, listen, if Mean Girls can be a movie that's turned into a musical that's turned back into a movie, then anything's possible. So. My question, though, is, and this is what I wanted to talk to you all about, is I was trying to think about, like, well, how does Can't Hardly Wait, the series, work? And, you know, I was watching it last night, and obviously, it's not 1998 anymore. And there are some things, like, mm. first first and foremost, folks, we don't need to say the word bitch as much as we do in the movie. That's one change. <laughs> uh, and, you know... Obviously, we're trying to, in a way, the movie's trying to call out cultural appropriation, but, like, maybe we're not handling it in the best way at times. So, like, clearly there's some stuff that needs to be updated. But here's my question. If we're doing a series on Can't Hardly Wait, and this is sort of thing 
I'm just so curious about this because so many properties are being revisited right now. Right. And, you know, we we are trying to be better and and show up better. But, like, does a film like this work in the year 2021 or does it need to be a period piece like can we still have Ah. right like can the like quintessential sort of like high school party film that we all kind of like grew up with and like you know how are nostalgic about like do they still work for the generation today or does this have to live in the 90s or you know what i mean does that make what do y'all what what do you i got like what do y'all think about that yeah, I mean, I guess like for me, it's like uh, I think the quintessential high school party is like there's differences, but like it is it does have that same feeling of like everybody has their own plot line or everybody comes to this party wanting a thing or like yeah. looking for a thing and like all those things intersect. And it's like, yeah, I think that still works because like so Can't Hardly Wait came out when I was about to turn seven. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But when I like think about like 10 years later when I was sleeping on a pool table (laughs) it had the same feel or just like um and then like 10 years after that when I'm like 26 doing the last party before pandemic it's like I have the same feel but then also when I watch euphoria it like there are like moments of like oh like if this wasn't a property all about uh the dangers of drug use and uh the young lives this could be fun. <laughs> yeah, because I wonder about that, right? Because it does feel like a lot of, like, teen movies and teen properties today, like, they're going there. Like, they're going there. And I'm like, do we still have space for, like, just, like, a, a boy trying to work up the courage to confess his love at a party? You know? It's mm-hmm. funny, like, that part, that exact part is, like, the part I would want to change the mm. most in a way. Yeah. Just because I think that's, like, something... Well, first of all, we've seen it a lot at this point, but... Yeah, true. Just moving away from, like, girl as object of adulation. Yes. Good guy that we're rooting for that assumes, like, he and she would be compatible despite the fact they don't know each other super well. Yeah, they both ate a Pop-Tart at the same time and thus they should be Um, together. But I think it's a really interesting question. I think they should definitely... I would say if, if if we're helming this, I I would try to make it in twenty twenty one or you know, the the near past if not. Yeah. But like it is the you know the challenge is the dang cell phones. The kids are on them all the time. Well, that was like that was the big thing that I was thinking about last night. Like so much of the so much of the movie hinges on them not having smartphones, right? right? Her having to like get the physical copy of the yearbook to figure out what he looks like. Him having to go to the payphone to call the radio station mm-hmm. to try to get, mm-hmm. to find out what the meaning of a yeah. song is. Right. And even them getting stuck in the, the bathroom. Right. <laughs> text someone. Yeah. I was like, so many of the like plot points are obstacles that just no longer exist, but you can, you can create new ones. But yeah, I was, yeah. but I was wondering, like, I was thinking about it. I was like, does something get, lost then is it worth revisiting this property or or just like making a new movie like what do you gain from calling it can't hardly wait the series if you're letting go of some of those right Mm -hmm. like i think that's sort of like i guess it's a question about rebuilt culture like when are you like because i've i've felt this way about a few properties that have been revisited where it's like well why did why did you need to call it that like just let it be something new you are right yeah well it's interesting a show on netflix that i love sex education takes place in a high school but they've made a lot of weird choices about what that modern high school means number one it takes place in england and they self-consciously do a lot of american things like wear varsity letter jackets they have a prom and they even mention like 
we don't have problems in Britain. They're like, well, we're doing it. <laughs> um, and they don't have like sports teams in their high school. Like sports aren't associated with schools, yeah. but they do in this school. <laughs> so they've like kind of bended reality a little bit to help those like traditional that high school feel. Yeah. I'm trying to think about how they have phones, but they aren't as big a part of their life as would be realistic. Yeah. There's also like writery ways to like get rid of the phones. It's like, oh, is this like a theme party where it's like this party is gonna happen <gasps> once? There's no remembering it. Everybody, when you enter, oh, you have to throw your cell phone in the bucket. And then Mike, like you, you get just, it when you leave. You just you know? like cracked the nut of this problem. It's the it's in 2021 or whatever, but the theme of the graduation party is like 1999 or 1990, right? Like it's a 90s oh, themed party to scratch that itch. I love that. And then well now I don't even want to say this out loud cuz now I just want to go write it, but I feel like too part of like thinking about like what I loved about the book versus the movie version and like spending more time with those secondary characters to me the way this series works is it's like skins where like each character sort of gets to be the protagonist of an episode and so you get to like spend a little bit more time getting to know different people um and then the final episode is like all hands on deck just like on skins it used to be very cool wow I just got excited now we support it and then how is it a musical (laughs) Oh, and then it gets turned into a musical. <laughs> that explains itself. Are we turning the the 2021 like vehicle into a musical or are we taking the 90s version and making that a musical? I guess both. <laughs> Cuz like I would love I would love to hear like an aria of like Klepto Kid. <laughs> yeah. <gasps> oh my god, Klepto Kid's Yeah, like, I would love to hear like his inner like his inner monologue and his inner thought. And like a song of just like, I just, this is what I feel. I'm klepto kid. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you have to go the, the the way of Mean Girls. And it's like, it is the original property, but updated. It's sort of in between the two. Um, but I but I do have some startling news to share with you all. That, oh, no. um, oh, God. So I, I did want to do my due diligence and make sure I wasn't presenting something that was already being explored. And I was like, I wonder if anyone has workshopped I Can't Hardly Wait the Musical or if there are rumors of a reboot or anything. And the only thing I found was that, and I haven't listened to this episode, it was a another podcast had Jennifer Love Hewitt on as a guest a few years ago. When right ahead of her 40th birthday and they were sort of asking her to be I I was reading a recap of it, but I need to listen to the episode. But allegedly in this interview, she said that for her 40th year, she had two big projects that she wanted. One, she wanted a TV reunion, like a TV, a limited TV series for Heartbreakers to bring back her and Sigourney Weaver. And she wanted that to happen. I was like, oh, that's cool that you want to turn that into a TV show. And then she said the other thing she wanted was to do a sequel to Can't Hardly Wait. Right. But it was all of the original characters coming back together for a reunion. Right. And That's, here's yeah. here's where I think I think this is where she probably um lost the backing of the producers. Her 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 demand or her requirement to make this happen is she had to direct it. She wanted to direct the sequel. And I just needed to share that with you all so that I, everyone was on the same page that Jennifer Love Hewitt is out there trying to direct a, a sequel where they get the band back together, which I equal parts love and hate and fear. Right. Yeah. Those are the emotions you should have. Yeah. I mean, it's coming up. They, they could still do this movie in time for the 25th anniversary and it could be 25th reunion. Like 
pretty easily if they get going. I think that was the intention. I mean, I say, hey, give the gal a chance. If it's her one dream, you know what? If it's that or we don't have it, let's see what love's got. Let's see what love's <laughs> Listen, Jennifer, Jennifer Love Hewitt has done every, every part of the uh, entertainment spectrum in acting. It's like, yeah, she's been in like the teen movies. She's been in the serious movies. I think she did like a horror movie. She did the, yep. like, she went to TV. She did like serialized TV. She did like preview. She's done all... Just like we've we've appreciated her for so long. You know what? Direct something bad. Direct something bad. <laughs> you did so many episodes of Ghost Whisperer. Yeah. Direct something bad. And you know what? Honestly. You know what? The costumes we've put you in throughout the years. Yeah. Here. Do something tasteless. Do something crazy. <laughs> Have fun. I I love I it. I agree. I, I do think that would be a fun. I think it would be fun to just get all those people back together and see what happens. And I am curious, though, who do you think is the holdout from that cast? Like, who do you think is the problem child dragging their feet, making Jennifer's job? Because it feels like there has to be someone that is making things difficult. And it could be so many different people. Well, we know it's not. It's not Melissa Joan Hart. She's like, I'm there. Actually, she should ghost direct because she <gasps> has actually directed a ton of stuff. Ooh. And if she could be on set, like, you know, just like a little extra fee producing and like maybe directing it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Melissa Joan Hart producing this does sound really smart. Um, I Let's go through it. Seth Green. What do we think? I feel like Seth's on board. Lauren Ambrose. I wonder if she's the holdout. I mean, we know we, we know Peter Fascinelli kind of got too cool for school because he left Jenny Garth after Twilight. So it could be Peter. And he, his role, you could even omit. I, I don't even think you need it. That's true. At the end of the film, we find out he was an overweight security guard. So like he could be recast as like Kevin James. No, well, it's not Lauren. <laughs> I would love it if it was like, if it was somebody who like the movie does not need, but like they truly have everyone in the cast, but this person. And it's like, we have everyone. Sean Patrick Thomas, you played jock number two. You haven't done anything substantial since Save the Last Dance. And he's just like, I need more money. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. It's just, like, it's just like your last role was in Barbershop 3. Sean Patrick Thomas, just do the damn movie. And he's like, man, y'all not treating me right. Why am I not making this? <laughs> Why am I not making what Seth Green makes? What Seth Green? Seth Green has lines. Sean Patrick Thomas. <laughs> and he's just like, I can't believe this. I'll co-star with Ice Cube. I can't believe this. <laughs> Once you've worked with the Cube, I mean, you're not going to walk back on set for just anything. It's true. I get that. I it's get like, that. It's like, we got Jamie Presley back. We got Jason Segel back. We got Preston back. We got everybody. It's like, just do this. <laughs> this is just annoying. Just do this. But I love the idea that Jennifer's like, if it's not everyone, it's no one. <laughs> That's a team spirit. That's a team spirit. I like it. Uh, well, I'm convinced, Lauren. Thank you so much for indulging this fantasy that I have about uh, Can't Hardly Wait truly becoming uh, an empire property, much like Star Wars. I, I hope that it someday has its own park at Disney. Yeah. Oh, and don't forget, don't forget the Ma Cinematic Universe, okay? <laughs> right. I can't wait for the Ma ride at Disney. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god we find out that all this time ma and can't hardly wait were actually existing in the same universe oh my we, god we cracked the code honestly ma the could have been called can't hardly wait it would make a lot of sense can't hardly ma can't hardly ma <laughs> <laughs>
Uh, oh my gosh. Well, Mike, for people that have fallen into stand with you, where they where can they keep up with you? Where can they find you next? Uh yeah. Um I'm on uh Instagram mostly at this is Mike Pool. Um, but that's like the same thing as my Twitter and my uh my website. It's all this is Mike Pool. Um I I currently write for the Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon. If you want to guess which jokes are mine, um <laughs> as soon as we're allowed to like see people again in like eight years, I am gonna mm-hmm. go back to making Mike Pool's pool party. Uh it yes. is very fun. Uh it's a uh it is a show almost as chaotic as the one I invented on this show. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. Yes. So I'm I'm very surprised I got funding at all. <laughs> <laughs> but if you want to find me, you can find me there. Uh, if you want to DM me, why not? I'll answer anybody. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You heard yeah, it here. Looking for the best pool tables to sleep <laughs> on in the tri-state. Mike might have some intel. I uh, do. You can always find us at We Stand Social all across all the social media landscape we're on that ig we're on that tiktok we got a gmail email us uh you know we like friends we're like mike we'll respond let us know what topic you want to hear about we'll do it we'll do it yeah and if you have pitches for how to connect the mall cinematic universe to the can't hardly wait cinematic universe we are here for that all right everybody well we've got a we've got a big day ahead of us we've got phone calls to seth mcfarland and jaw rule to make so we're gonna get out of here (laughs) but we'll catch you next time stan stance bye